Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Hill. And today we get to look at the readings for the second Sunday of Easter. And if you would like to listen to all the readings for the second Sunday of Easter, you can do so by listening to the readings podcast that was dropped before this one. So we have celebrated the high feast of the resurrection of our Lord, and we truly continue this celebration. We get to see the continuation of Jesus showing proof that he is the one that not only only was crucified, but has risen from the dead. And St. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, is all about Jesus showing who he is. So on the evening of the first day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. So first of all, a couple of things, a couple of really big practical things. They're in the upper room, the same room that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. So this is a their home base for Holy Week, so to speak. This is what they have established as the place that they'll meet and so on and so forth. So they watch Jesus be arrested. They watch him in the trial or as much as they could see. They watched him from a distance be crucified. And some of the disciples have seen the empty tomb. And there's a lot of mummering. Is this really happening? Did the body get stolen? Is Jesus really alive? So on and so forth. But then they also have this other thing, for fear of the Jews. They are actually scared for their life. They saw their teacher. They saw their Lord. They saw their friend go through all these horrific events because the chief priest riled the crowd up enough for them to yell, crucify him, to get what they wanted done. They are guilty by association. We heard Peter. He's standing next to the fire warming himself, and the woman says, aren't you also one of them who have been following him? And we hear, G, uh, we hear Peter three times, no, I don't know this man. No, I don't know this man. No, I'm not with him. They're really scared. And I, I want to impress upon you, dear listener, that they're terrified. This is a true primal fear that they're, they're f afraid of, of losing their life. And they're huddled together, and they're trying to figure out what to do. The doors are locked. The windows are locked. They barricaded themselves in. And again, they really actually just do not know what the next step is. And then on top of this, they can't find the body of Jesus. Vicar, do you have anything to add to this before we, we get into Jesus' miraculous arrival? I think you 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 brought out the what do we do now? Um, because all the the plans they had made, yeah. the ambitions that they might have been thinking of in their head uh, for Jesus, everything is now out the window. Um, and and as you as you made clear, 
we don't even know what the next step is besides yeah. let's save our skins mm-hmm. and hide out here. Um, and that's uh, a really, so the continue, this is the continuation of the Easter sunrise text, the right. gospel lesson. So it, it's a nice, smooth transition from where's the body to what do we do now? Right. And then on top of all of that, as if that wasn't enough for the disciples to deal with, Jesus shows up. Now, I, I do not say this to be funny at all, but in my mind's eye, I see them. They're not reclining at table. I always see them standing there, and they're just really trying to, you know, you got Peter making brash statements, you know, we'll fire their way out. Or if somebody knocks on the door, this is what we'll do. You know, they're trying to make plans. And then I really see Jesus coming up and saying, hey, guys, peace be with you. And he does this calmly. He doesn't do this to, to scare them. But I'm pretty sure they're scared. How did he get in? How? Who is this? Um, so I, I really do think that they're terrified of Jesus just showing up. He didn't break the window. He didn't sneak in. He didn't have a secret uh, door. He just shows up. This is a miracle. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. This, again, is a huge thing, showing the marks where the nails pierced him, where the spear cut him. This is proof for Jesus to the disciples. This is me, the same guy who was crucified. And I think it's interesting. Then the disciples were glad to, when they saw the Lord. I'm pretty sure there was, who is this and how did he get in? Oh, hey, that's Jesus. And there might have even been the, um, is he really here? Oh, yeah. Is this a ghost? Uh, so both in this text, as you, you just pointed to, that he shows them his hands and his side. Uh, in in the earlier earlier part of the Easter day, when he sees Mary, when he reveals oh, yeah. himself to Mary, uh, she kind of, there's the implication that she goes to grab him mm-hmm. and he says, do not cling to me for I have not, I have to ascend to the father. But there's this, there's this physical side of this, right. that this is Jesus in the flesh. Yeah. Um, this isn't, they're not seeing things. This isn't just a spirit or a ghost. He is physically bodily raised. And that comes out when you read John chapter 20. And, and that can't be understated. That That is a really big deal because we have this one verse. When he said this, he showed them his, his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I'm sure a lot more transpired. I don't know if all the disciples ran across the other room ready to fight or, uh, like what you said, asking, who are you? Is this really Jesus? What is this? Instead of who is this? So you get the sense that uh, Jesus, in his resurrected uh, state here, he can do things uh, that are that are a little different. Um, so when he appears to Mary, she doesn't recognize him at first. Yeah. So in some way, he's he's veiling his appearance or something to that effect. Or maybe she's just so stricken with grief she can't recognize him. Uh, but here he's he's again uh, just appearing. Yeah. So he's doing physical things that don't really fathom to uh, with our brains on this kind of uh, fallen side that we live. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that that's also adding to the confusion and trying to figure out what's happening. And so they're glad to see the Lord. And Jesus says, says to them again, peace 
be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Okay, so why does he have to say, peace be with you, two times? Wouldn't one be enough? Wouldn't that, you know, and then the, the marks of the nails and the, the, the spear hole, wouldn't that be enough? Why, why peace be with you twice? So I kind of have um, a thought here, and it's interesting that we get the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's interesting because if you rewind here a little bit, what did they all just do? Well, not all of them. What did most of them just do? He, uh, The guards come with Judas to arrest him, and they all run. They flee. They book it. Okay. Well, yeah, because you, you even have uh, St. Peter uh, right before. If we have to die too, we will stand. Mm -hmm. I will stand. And they abandon all of that. Um, so they, they kind of prove that they were, they were kind of all talk, no action. I mean, right. Peter goes to slice off someone's ear, but beyond that, yeah. um, they, they flee, they scatter, and then Peter denies him. So mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at this from a human relations standpoint, uh, they didn't really leave on good terms. No. Uh, they they don't really kind of go away with this glowing effect. Oh yeah, Jesus is gone, but you know I said all that I wanted to say. No, they all kind of abandoned him, fled, denied him, and so he comes in and he says peace. Uh, and and I I have to think that there's kind of this, yeah, we're okay. I forgive you, kind of kind of deal going on here because um, they they didn't really treat him that well. And so that 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 peace that he's giving is, yeah, I still love you guys. That's that's one aspect of it that I think is coming out here. Okay, so I, I want to add to that, um, and I, I liked you hinted at it. I'm kind of curious, and we don't know to what extent. Um, we do know that they they ran away, they abandoned their Lord, but when he shows up and they were glad, I'm curious. I'm glad he's alive. And then the first question: Did he really die? Um, was, you know, and I don't think that they have that thought too much. But then the guilty conscience aspect, uh-oh, he's back. Mm -hmm. What do we do now? And I, I like what you said, this peace be with you is the restored relationship, the forgiveness. I really do bring peace even though you have been unfaithful in this relationship, even though you abandoned me. I bring peace. And then we have the, the bigger statement immediately after that. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And this is a big deal because in that restored relationship, in that forgiveness, Jesus is now telling these disciples that they will go out and be sent to tell everybody what they've seen, what they've experienced, and to bring that very peace that he just bestowed upon them to the ends of the world. And again, I think this is huge. And I really do like how you brought out the, the guilty conscience and the restoration. I, I think it's amazing. You know, do, do they feel relief? Not only is Jesus alive, but they also have that restored promise, the fullness of God's love in Christ in that statement, peace be with you. And not just, hey, everything's okay. It's not okay. That was not a good thing. That's why I went to the cross. And that's why you are restored in my work. And then, the, 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 again, the bigness of, now take that work that you've been restored out 
take it out into the world. And then we hear, um, and when he said this, he breathed on them. This is the, the giving and bestowing of the Holy Spirit on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold the forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. This is the office of the keys. If you ever see uh, older pictures of uh, St. Peter, he has two keys, and one is to loose sins, and the other one is to uh, retain sins. And so this is, again, the, the, the task that our Lord has placed on the church, the pastors, the apostles, to do this. So with this, um, when Jesus shows up, I mean, not only is he um, claiming to be with them still or mm -hmm. bringing them back into himself, but then he commissions them. Right. He gives them a job to do, uh, and then he equips them to do it. Right. He gives them the Holy Spirit so they can actually carry out the job that he's given them to do. Uh, so in this way, I mean, you, you very much have restoring them back, bringing them back, and then giving them a purpose, giving them something to do with the gifts that he gives, and those gifts are to be shared with others through them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that it all takes place through the Holy Spirit. And this is uh, building up to the fullness of what will happen during Pentecost. So we, we got to keep an eye forward and the gift of the foundation of the church, the confession, and the life that will come. So, and now it gets interesting. So all of this happens and Thomas misses it all. St. Thomas. Well, I like how you just subtly said that Jesus appearing out of nowhere is not interesting because now it gets Yeah, now it gets interesting. <laughs> now it gets interesting. So this big event, and Thomas misses it. Uh, now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my fingers in the mark of the nails and place my hand into the side, I will never believe. So I think this is a very bold statement of St. Thomas. But I also want to stress, I really, really like St. Thomas. <laughs> he is uh, bold, but I also think that he is one of the few disciples who is very open with what he knows and follows through. When Jesus was going to go to Bethany to uh, raise Lazarus, he got chased out of there. His life was threatened. It's St. Thomas who says, let us go with our Lord, even if we die. And they go. He makes that statement. Unlike Peter, who says, if I have to die standing next to you, I will. Oop, I got to go. Soldiers are here. It takes off. Um, John uh, 14, when Jesus is talking about the mansion in heaven that he goes to prepare many rooms and says, you know the way to where I'm going. And St. Thomas says, Jesus, we don't know the way. How can we get there? He's the kid in class who's yeah. not ashamed to ask questions like, actually, I don't. What are we doing now? Exactly. So I, I really appreciate Thomas. And, and so with this statement, I I don't want to throw him under the bus. He doesn't cross his arms and, and you know, uh, this isn't an ultimatum. And this isn't a, a statement of unbelief in the sense that until I touch him, until I do this, he can't live. He can't. I won't believe. This is actually a statement, he is giving voice to what everybody else has already done. The other disciples got to see the nail holes, the, the mark where the, the spear pierced him. People don't come back from the dead. 
And I think this is a very natural thing. Um, I, I do think I do wish that Thomas would have rejoiced at the word of the, the disciples. Jesus is back. Thanks be to God. Let's go see him instead of unless I see it. And again, very human. And and pushing that even further um, in the book of in the Gospel of John, uh, this this idea of seeing and believing. Mm-hmm. They're really connected. Right. So when Jesus starts doing his ministry and he starts, you know, conducting all these signs and wonders, there's this big overlap between people seeing him do things and believing. And that's kind of foreign to us because now we we kind of uh, correlate, you know, if you have to see something, that automatically means bad. Right. But in John, there's kind of this weird thing that goes on that when people see things, a lot of times that's the catalyst for faith. Uh, mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit works through the signs and wonders, the physical things that people see uh, to then kind of uh, bestow those eyes of faith, if you will, yeah. and, and instill that faith that then gets fostered. But there's this relationship between seeing and believing. Now, obviously, Thomas here kind of, in our modern context, gets the short end of the stick, and we always refer to him as Doubting Thomas. Yep. Uh, but here, I mean, it's it's almost, really, it's further than doubt. I will never believe. I mean, this is more than just skepticism. This is outright uh, unbelief. This can't happen. Right. And so he, he needs the proof. Right. And so um, what I'm trying to kind of get to here is this idea of seeing here isn't like out of left field. Right. Um, it, no, I agree. It, we don't have this just because he wanted to see, oh, what a what a terrible oh, guy. I missed out. Yeah. Um, it's just that further step because we have the eyewitnesses who actually saw these events. They pass those events on to us. So there's a, there's a big, uh, there's something to be said about those who actually saw Jesus and what he went through. Well, then we continue. Eight days later, his disciples were again inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the, the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not believe, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord, my God. And he said to him, Have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And again, this is a huge thing. And so again, in my mind's eye, everybody's up there. Things have calmed down a little bit. They're not in immediate fear of their death. They're still um, living with their their heads on a swivel to make sure that the, the Jews aren't after them. And again, Jesus shows up. And so again, in my mind's eye, I see Jesus showing up. Peace be with you. Thomas, come here. (laughs) <laughs> like immediately just calls him out. And, you know, it, I, I see Thomas, oh, what did I do? Put your finger here. Put your hand here. And immediately Thomas says, my Lord, my God. And this is a huge statement. This is a confession. Not only is uh, Jesus his Lord, but his God. I mean, that that's the speaking of divinity. That's, that's the bigness of all that... Uh, Jesus has done. In fact, this confession is, is what I say after uh, the consecration of the elements. So take eat, or um, this is my body, and then that, that moment of silence, I, I get to say and confess with Saint Thomas, my Lord and my God. The idea that Jesus is revealing His fullness right there, and um, I, I love this. And then what I really, really appreciate. Jesus doesn't let Thomas off the hook. 
And he says, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And this goes back to what the disciples, the apostles are charged to do. Go tell what you have seen. Not everybody's an eyewitness. You're not an eyewitness. I'm not an eyewitness. But yet we get to believe as if we have seen on the account of those who report this scripture and the revelation of what the Holy Spirit does. So we have, I mean, just think about it for a second. If you had the uh, the apostles here, the eyewitnesses, they see all these crazy things happen mm-hmm. with Jesus. That was awesome. Let's. This was so awesome. Let's keep it to ourselves yeah. so we're the special ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you see the importance of what Jesus has tasked them with to go out, to tell, to forgive sins. And if that weren't done, well, we wouldn't, I mean, right. I don't think we'd be sitting here. Nope. Because we have this idea that faith comes through hearing, mm-hmm. uh, as Paul says in Romans 10. So that, that emphasis on then, uh, hey, we saw this. Let's go tell everyone about it. And that that charge to go share what has happened really comes out on full display here. Well, and that charge is the proclamation of the gospel, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, dying to your sins, dying your death, and then rising so that you too will have life. This is the, the great, amazing thing that our Lord has done for you, for me. And this is the fullness of Jesus coming to the disciples and coming to you and saying, peace be with you. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.